Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. I highly recommend if you have a do not disturb function, if you're watching this on a phone, I recommend this is a great time to do that. So that way you get every last drop. Someone put every last drop in the comments there just to make sure you heard what I said right there. You know it, that spiritual garden asada is ready for you here. It's never going to get old. I'm always going to say it. Uh, you guys always uh, seem to love when I do the, uh, the food metaphors. But amen, amen. So now that I got my recording set up here and got my Bible set up here. Uh, this morning for our Sunday celebration, I want to continue on this series that just kind of came about over the last uh, few times me and uh, Desiree have uh, been ministering. And it came about that we're talking about the names of the Lord. Um, you know, just prior to uh, today's service, um, I was trying to figure out, you know, what I should do here. And uh, Desiree, you know, thankfully had pointed out, and I'm so thankful for my wife. Um, I know I want to make sure that I do that just as a husband, just to honor my wife. Um, I'm thankful for her because she points out so much to me within the word and just in my daily walk. So I'm thankful for the gem that I have as my wife. Uh, she's definitely just someone I'm proud to have. But what she did point out, though, was that, um, you know, there was this theme that was going on here. We we're talking about the names of the Lord. Um, the last time I taught, I talked about um, Jesus asking Peter, who do you say that I am? Um, and then my wife, just this past Wednesday, identified one of the characteristics of the Lord, that being the good shepherd. And so this morning, I want to continue with the most important name that we know the Lord by. Um, and so we're going to turn to our uh, key uh, points of scripture here today. Um, it's going to be found in Exodus chapter 3, uh, verses 11 through 15. Um, I'm reading back in my uh, one of my favorite ones, the English Standard Version. So once again, I'm going to give you some time to uh, go ahead and grab your Bible there if you're uh, able to do a side-by-side with your apps on on your phone or if you have your physical Bible alongside you. Once again, that is Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to go down to verses 11 through 15. Um, So this is a familiar portion of scripture here. Um, You know, Moses had fled Egypt um, just to go away, and he had been spending the last couple of decades with his father-in-law Jethro in Midian. And so um, this, this profound moment comes upon it as uh, Moses is tending to his uh, father-in-law's sheep. Um, God was calling Moses to deliver the Israelites from oppression in Egypt, um, just as he left those years ago. But Moses had concern about two things. Uh, one, being the one to take the lead on this and knowing who was leading him in this. So let's go ahead and get into our scripture here, starting at verse 11. And it says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Verse 13 says, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. Someone say, I am who I am in the comments. Or even right there, just say to yourself, I am who I am. 
And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Verse 15 says, God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. And so with this here, we need to understand what this uh, the significance of uh, what the Lord is revealing to Moses in this portion of Scripture with this statement. I am who I am. Um, you see here, we, there's, a, there's something that we come to know here. Um, this is translated from the Hebrew word Yahweh. And while we don't have a direct translation for the word Yahweh, um, we come to notice here that if you look in the Old Testament, whenever you see the word Lord, it's, it's in all capitals um, right there. And so God uses the word, you know, I am who I am and the Lord interchangeably. So we can come to discover that's likely what it's mean. I am. Um, if we look right here, um, I am and the Lord are derived from the same Hebrew word Yahweh, which seems to mean he who is or he who causes to be. Um, this statement of I am who I am reveals something important about God's character. And I want you guys to catch this here. There's no equal. He has no equal. And I'm sure you guys know that already. But in case you didn't know, news flash right here, notification on your phone. He has no equal. You see, um, the name Yahweh just shows us how powerful the God we serve is and how important he truly is to our lives and everything that we know about our lives. Um, I am who I am. It sounds like a confusing statement here to us. It sound, it can even come off as just like kind of like I don't have to explain myself, but the Lord doesn't have to explain himself because when he says I am who I am, it shows us that God simply is. He's never not existed. He's always been in the past. He is right now and he always will be the Lord of hosts. There was never a time that he was not. And so with that, God's a constant in our lives. It always shows us that our God also lacks nothing. Our God is self-sustaining and completely independent. You know, uh, we have that uh, that little phrase from Energizer. I'm sure if you guys are 90s kids, 80s kids, you know, the Energizer bunny, he keeps going and going and going. I honestly think when the guys at Energizer were trying to do some marketing, I think they looked at their Bibles and they discovered that got some inspiration from the Lord because the Lord keeps going and going and going. He's everything that we're ever going to need and we can rest knowing our confidence is in him and it's unfounded. Put in the comments right now, he keeps going. So that way I know you're watching and you're, you're paying attention here. You see, I am who I am is both the Lord announcing himself and introducing himself to Moses and to us reading this portion of scripture today. You see, God reveals himself to us and the power in his name, but he also comes to invite us and come experience it for yourself. So when he says, I am who I am, he's making a prompt declaration to all of us here today. I am who I am, but he also lets you know, hey, I am who I am. Come and find out for yourself. You see, there's a few things that I want to focus on when it comes to knowing Yahweh, the Lord, and the power that lies within his name. 
So the first thing that I want us to, to look when we think about this name of Yahweh is that Yahweh is relational. The Lord is a relational God. You know, you see, I mentioned that whole little example of the Energizer Bunny, you know, being something that helps us understand a facet of the name Yahweh. And you see, that goes to show us that God is relational to the point where he gives us all these different little examples. And I'm sure you guys have your own other ways of just uh, explaining how he, uh, his power and his glory, God has revealed those things to you. But that's how relational God is. He will use those things around us in nature and in our surroundings so that way we can just discover who he is. We can understand his character because when we look at God and his name and just how like complex and just how majestic and how expansive it is, sometimes it can overwhelm us. So it's like we don't need to have that insane, uh, you know, just super detailed explanation of who God is. God will use even the simplest of things so that we can understand. You see... Um, our God is self-sufficient and independent. So while he doesn't rely on us, he wants us and he wants a relationship with us. The Lord is personal with us. That's why he came in the form of man in the son, Jesus Christ. So that way he could walk among us and be relational with us. You see, that's the God that we serve. He relates to us more than we could ever think. But we look to him because he's not like us. His ways are higher than our own. Um, we're going to get into another portion of scripture here in uh, Psalms uh, chapter 19 here. Um, we're looking right here at David as he spoke about Yahweh's relationship with two things, uh, the word and with us. And so let me go ahead and pull this up real quick here. Forgot to get this up in my notes. So sorry, guys, but it will take a moment. How you guys doing today? Y'all feeling fresh? You shower? Hopefully you guys shower for service at from church. All right here. So once again, we are getting into the book of Psalms, chapter 19. There we go. And we're going to read the whole portion of scripture there. And there we go. This time I'm going to read now the New Living Translation. And so let's go ahead and read it in full first. You see, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. Um, God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. Verse five says it, per- it bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises on one end of the heavens and it follows his course to the other end. Nothing can hide from his heat. The uh, instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making the wise simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for the living. Verse 9, reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me and keep, cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my heart and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you O rock O lord my rock and redeemer and so we're going to break this down right here and so uh with this here let's let's take a look at the first half of that verses one through six 
You see, again, there's two things that David describing is describing here. Yahweh's relationship with the world that we know and then with us personally. So let's take a look first off at his relationship with the world. You see, the first verses are talking about these scenes of nature that just glorify the Lord and his engineering of this world. Here, the Lord reveals himself in creation. You know, some of us have called the Lord the architect of our lives and our world, and he truly is. He truly is a relational God because he created all of these beautiful scenes that we see around us. Uh, so that way we could just just stand in awe of his, uh, of his glory and just everything that he put into this world. It's, it's a gift to us. It's something right here. You have, you know, this Red Rock Canyon. You have these wonders of the world. Um, you could have the Grand Canyon. You have these beautiful waterfalls and these these tropical islands. Just all these things around. You watch them on Discovery Channel and whatnot. And you just sit in awe because God took the time to make all these specific things for us to enjoy and just to take pleasure in. You see, these verses go on to also say, uh, speak about even the way of the Lord set the stars in their place. That was a specific detail. That was designed. That was his attention, his detail. And there's wisdom in, in doing this. You know, we have all these constellations in the sky, you know, just the, you know, the Big Dipper, uh, Andromeda. Um, I've forgotten some of them right there. But just, you know, the constellations maybe we've learned in school here. These were all specifically put in their place here. Um, as it also says here, they also say that the Lord can hear us at any moment. This talks about God's omnipotence and that he's omnipotent. You know, he can speak to us at any moment, any time, in any language. God's available to each and every one of us here. That's the, that's the strength of his relationship with each and every one of us. Um, and we're going to continue forth with the second part of this, uh, verses 17 or 7 through 14. Now he's talking about his relationship with us. David's talking about uh, Yahweh's relationship with each and every one of us. You see, the Lord presents us with a gift right here, that being his living word. This is something that he gives to us. It's one of the ways that he speaks to us. And this is a gift that we should honestly treasure and hold, hold dear to us. You know, dad's out there, you know, you know, it's just such a joy when you uh, give some, your kids something crazy for their birthday. Maybe you go out and buy them an Xbox, a PlayStation. Uh, you know, you go ahead and get them that crazy Lego set that they've been bugging you for nine weeks about. Uh, and just that moment where they unwrap the present either at their birthday or their Christmas and you get that joy. And so that's how we should look at this. Our father went out of this way and he gave us something that we probably didn't even know that we needed. But he gave us this very word. He said, here, my son, here, my daughter, I want to give this to you. This is a gift for me to you. This is how I'm going to talk to you. This is an instruction manual. This is a very living word. This is never going to go void. And so with this, this word is perfect. There's no sequels to this. You don't have to worry about the Bible part two. Um, you know, the Empire Strikes Back. There's no prequel to this, you know, giving us an origin story. This word is perfect. There's never anything that needs to be added to us. You know, and the other part of this, you know, we can look at this and think we're going to know everything from reading this Bible. But I'm here to get you a reality check. We're not going to know every single thing in this Bible. It's going to give us enough. And what it does give us, it's true and it's perfect. Um, you see, um, it's also not going to lead us into sin. Um, if you see sin that's happening, it's not because the word of God brought them into sin, because the word is not going to lead us into sin. That's where you're going to see that scriptures have been twisted to meet agendas. That's why when we read this Bible, we have to make a prayer to this. When you say, Yahweh, you speak through this word. Let me understand this the way that you want me to understand this. Not how anyone else does, but how you want to 
me to understand this. You reveal yourself to me. So every time you read your Bible, we need to be praying this. God, you reveal yourself to me. You speak to me. You speak your truth. Not anyone else's truth, but your truth. You see, the word that he has given us does not return void. The word does not lack results or is it empty in of itself? Um, In Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 through 11, it says, The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. You know, the Lord speaking here. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to and it will prosper everywhere that I send it. Can someone say amen over there in the comments? And also the great thing about this, the word is available to anyone. No matter what our background is. Verse 7, as we go back into Psalm 19, says, The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. That means he speaks to us even as we doubt ourselves and compare our understandings to others around us. You know, we can honestly get so caught up in that. You know, maybe we're just new to the faith here and we can look at, you know, what I'm saying right here, what others are saying. You know, someone that is discipling you. Or maybe you just look at someone else that has a ministry on their own and we're just... We look, we, we like to compare ourselves like, man, they have such a profound understanding of the word. Like, I'm so simple minded. But it's a, if that's you right there, that's what the word says right here. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. That means that God will speak to you in the way that's tailored to you. So that way you specifically can understand here. Someone say amen. Amen. And then that's the, that's the great God that we serve. He makes it available to everyone so that we can all be relational with him. Um, This passage continues to share about the value in which the words God speaks to us um, and how much how valuable it is more than anything that we could have here on earth. It's the best thing that we could ever hear as we go right here, um, right in um, verses 10. Verse 10, yes. Um, They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even dripping from the comb. That's right. God's better than Honey Nut Cheerios. God's better than all the money that you'd ever want. The the best salary, highest paying position that you could ever get. This word will be far greater than any of that. And so... Um, With that here, as we maintain our relationship on earth here with Yahweh, we ought to make this next part right here, verses 12 through 14, a daily prayer in our lives. Um, So we're going to go ahead and read that once again here, uh, verses 12 through 14. So focus on that, highlight it in your Bibles right now. Um, How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Let's look at that first part here. You know, our first part here is, you know, cleanse me from sins that are done in secret. You know, things that I'm doing now that I'm not even realizing that are harmful or sinful. Things that I have not even repented for after doing them. That's the first part here. Because sometimes we can get so just sure of ourselves and just thinking that every, like, even as we're serving God, you know, we can often, you know, miss the point here as we're reading the word. And that's why, like I said, it's important that we ask, you know, the Lord, as we read this Bible, God, let me understand it the way that you want me to understand, not the way that I want to understand it, not the way that someone, so-and-so told me to understand it, that you want me to, because, you know, we can get so sure of ourselves on one track here, we can start causing more harm than good. And so this first part here, we're asking God to cleanse me from the sins are done singing. Someone put cleanse me so that way you know you got that part. Cleanse me. Um, this next part here, it even goes on, David even goes on to say, keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me in verse 13. And so it's going, it's going on to say, David's going on to say right here, let me not 
Let me be clean not only from the sins that I don't know anything about, that I don't understand, that I need to understand, that I need to repent of right now. But let me even go beyond the things that I know that are wrong, the things that others have told me that are wrong. You know, that one brother, that one sister, that pastor that told you that was completely wrong. But keep me from those sins, those deliberate sins. Um, you know, everything that has been warned to me, let me stay away from those things. And then this last part right here, um, you know, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. So with this last part here, you know, that just speaks for itself. Let everything that we say and do be pleasing to the Lord. And so we're going to have that prayer in our hearts. And we're going to do that prayer in just a, a few moments right here. But make sure you highlight this portion of scripture, especially verses 12 through 14 here. This is a prayer that we should have every day of our lives. Now, we have this first part here. Yahweh is what? Relational. So the second part here, Yahweh is unchanging. You see, there's a consistency in the character of Yahweh. And though things may change from day to day, month to month, year to year in our lives, our city and our community, um, God does not conform to change and he remains the same. You know, with this, we're always going to be presented with two choices here. We either are going to choose the Lord and conform to everything that makes him him and have his truth because God is always good. Let me tell you that right now. God is never wrong. God, that's the... Uh, that's the glory of the Lord is that he's never wrong. His word is always true and his word will never fail us. So we can either choose the Lord and fall and conform to that and change ours or we don't. On our own, our foundations can shift and change with what's presented to us outside of the Lord. But with him, we have a solid foundation with our rock and redeemer here. And so... We have these two themes here. Like I said, Yahweh is first relational and Yahweh is second unchanging. And this last part here, Yahweh keeps his covenants. As we go back to look at this moment here in the book of Exodus with Moses and the Lord speaking through a burning bush. It's the same Yahweh that was revealed to Abraham before in the book of Genesis um, that, you know, reveals himself to the Lord or to the, to Moses, I should say. Um, so when a, the Lord gave Moses the name Yahweh. This was not a, a new word. This was something that Moses and Israel had known before, the name of Yahweh. Um, I was doing a study of this and even, you know, going before Moses' mother, uh, Joshua, um, means uh, Yahweh always with us, if I'm not mistaken here. And so this was a name that they already identified in, you know, this same promise, the same covenant that God made with Abraham. So when uh, God introduced himself as I am who I am or Yahweh. Moses, you know, could look at this and we can look at this and see that, you know, just as he kept his promises, then he made that covenant with Abraham to give him the nations. He made the same covenant, the same promises to deliver Egypt and the Israelites. Uh, you know, we just it's it's so crazy, you know, and, you know, this this worship, we, you know, was specifically chosen. You know, we sing this song, man of your word, you know, because it speaks truly of who Yahweh is. He truly is a man of his word and he keeps all his promises. That's what the name Yahweh means. You know, Yahweh means that God is ever present to help with his people, to save them, to deliver them, to redeem, to bless and to keep his covenants with us. Say, thank you, Lord. 
You see, God keeps his promises from generation to generation. And in the same way that he made those covenants with Abraham and with Moses, he makes those covenants with us each and every day that we live with him and that we walk with him. And so I'm just going to reiterate this once again, because I know that repetition helps us get these things down in our head. You know, first off, Yahweh is relational. Second off, Yahweh is unchanging. The Lord is unchanging. And then lastly here, Yahweh keeps his covenants. Yahweh keeps his promises here. And so as I wrap up here with today's uh, look at, you know, this this big name of the Lord, the most important name of the Lord that we should know, um, it's honestly uh, just been a, a true pleasure of just getting to know the Lord more. And especially this part here, as you know, I was reading earlier um, in verse seven from um, Psalms chapter 19, um, you know, just saying the decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Um, I'll be transparent and honest with you. You know, I've fallen victim to that. You know, God has delivered me from a lot of anxieties and uh, how I view myself and how I think others view me. But, you know, I, I was studying this this portion of scripture and that stood out to me so much because oftentimes I felt unworthy of the calling. I felt unworthy to minister the word. And so God just gave me that reminder right there that, you know, even making wise is simple. And I know God has blessed me with knowledge of different things. But with this, you know, there's moments where I've doubted myself. And I know God just took that. He silenced those doubts. He silenced those lies from the enemy and just let me know that I'm going to speak to you in a way that even you can understand. Don't worry about what I'm revealing to everyone else. That's what I'm revealing to them. Focus on what I'm revealing to you and know that it'll be true. It'll be good. And it'll be enough for you at this moment in time. And so we're just going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, this morning.